Well, as I've said there, this passage is really only about one thing, isn't it? It's about worrying. And as we begin, or before we get into the, the, the content of this passage, I think we need to begin by admitting that we all worry. It's one of those things in life, isn't it, that unites each and every single one of us, regardless of our age or our background or our, our circumstances. We all worry. And it manifests itself differently in all of us, doesn't it? Ranging from the subconscious to the conscious. You'll know this. For instance, some people, uh, there are some people who uh, you might never know are worrying. They just don't show it at all. But they know, particularly as they go to bed at night and they, they cannot sleep. Or they, they wake up in the middle of the night with their, their mind running around. Then there are those for whose worrying causes hair loss or maybe the biting of nails. There are others. It comes out, doesn't it, in a, in a outburst of anger. Or you can see it in their face. And sadly for others still, it can weigh on their mind or wrench in their stomachs every hour of every day. And it can be completely debilitating. The sad reality is that although our anxieties dominate so much of our lives, when we talk about them with other people, the answer we often receive is trite. Isn't it? What do we hear? If you tell someone your worries, what do they say? They say, don't worry. Everything will be all right. Perhaps like me, when you hear this, all you can think about is this man, um, Bobby McFerrin, his song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. It's been stuck in my head all week. It's infuriating. But it's reggae style. If you don't know it, it's reggae style sums up the lack of depth those words have. Don't worry, be happy, it'll be all right. It's grand. But we're going to come to the passage that deals with this great subject that, that, that we all have an interest in. And I want to say to you that it's my hope that I don't fall into the same trap. I, I don't want to say something that sounds trite or demeans your worries or anxieties. Rather, I want to point you to Jesus, King Jesus, who speaks to those who are in his kingdom. And he tells you that because you're in his kingdom, you have the only solution to worry. And that's what I hope you see this morning if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. I want you to see that, that the benefit, the blessing of being in his kingdom, that, that membership of his kingdom covers all your worries, both great and small. But I invite you, if you're not a believer this morning, to listen to the words of Jesus. Hear what he has to say. Hear what he has to say about worry. And if you find it desirable and you see that it is indeed a blessing, then I invite you to listen to him, not only listen to him, but to call him Lord and submit to his ways. Well, let's have a look at what Jesus has to say about worry. And we're, we're going to see this in two points. First of all, do not worry. Why? Why should we not worry? And do not worry. How? How should we not worry? Well, let's, let's get in and, and you'll see what these... Um, what these points mean. So let's have a look at our very first point. Do not worry. Why? In this point, we're going to see that, that God's people do not need to worry because their heavenly Father cares for them. Okay? Do not worry 
because God cares for his people. Now, to understand this particular point, we need to get to the very heart of what Jesus is saying here in this passage. And and the very heart of what he is saying is that our worry is caused by a lack of faith. Now, we see this in his own words. Have a look with me at verse 30, and you'll see what I mean. Have a look at verse 30. See what he's saying here, right in the middle of this passage? He's, he's talking about the, the clothes, or worrying about our clothes. And he says, if, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And as we look at these verses, and particularly these couple of phrases, oh, you, you have little faith, and your heavenly Father knowing that you need them. It's important for me to distinguish that Jesus is not talking about saving faith here. He's talking about trust, or, or a lack of trust. Now, we know he's not talking about saving faith because he's talking to people who are already members of his kingdom. And, and if you've been with us throughout our series in the Sermon on the Mount, you will know, you will know this. And you, you will know why Jesus is speaking to them at this particular time about worry. Remember uh, what's been going on? What have we seen since the middle of August? We've seen how Jesus has been telling his disciples what it means to be part of his kingdom. He says, although you continue to live in this world, you are to live live like you're a part of another world. You're to live more and more like you will one day live forever when the king returns and establishes his kingdom forever. And one of the ways Jesus helps his disciples understand what this looks like, what does it mean to live in this world but be a Christian, he points us to our worry. And he points us to our worry because our worry is a symptom of our lack of belief. Think about it. Ask yourself, when do you worry? Well, we worry, don't we? We worry when something happens that is outside of our control. Think about it. If you worry about how much money you have, it's because you cannot control what bill is around the corner. If you worry about a medical test, it's because you feel powerless to change the outcome of the results. If you worry about your children or when we worry about our children, doesn't our worry increase the older they get and and the further they, they venture from our folds? You see, worry is a symptom of our unbelief. It's a sign, or another way of putting it, it's a sign that we trust in ourselves above all else. And we know this because when we worry, it is because something is happening outside of our control. This is a worldly way of thinking, isn't it? It's a worldly way of thinking to trust yourself above all else. That's not what it means to be a member of Jesus' kingdom. Jesus knows this and he knows that we struggle with this. And this is why he says what, this, what he says in this passage. Because as he stands before those who are seated before them, he says, do not worry. Do not worry because you know the one who controls all things. 
And because of me, he is your heavenly father. Jesus illustrates this, doesn't he, for us in two ways. Very similar ways. He talks about the birds of the air and the grass of the field. So I think we should have a look at those now and see what Jesus says. The first can be found there in in verses 26 and 27. Let's read these verses again. You, You see what he says? Verse 26, he says to his disciples, he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? I think this is a great picture for us, isn't it? And it's a picture that we can still relate to today, particularly in this time of year when there doesn't seem to be that much food around uh, for, or food available for our birds to eat. And I don't know about you, but, but I often wonder how wildlife survives, particularly in this time of year. Sometimes, uh, sometimes when I'm uh, out for a walk in the woods, and I don't know if you do this, maybe it's quite silly, but sometimes when I'm out for a walk in the woods, I think to myself, I wonder how I could survive here. I'm sort of like, I want to be Bear Grylls, you know what it's like. And but, but I, I, have you ever noticed when you're out for a walk in the woods, there's just nothing to eat? That's my prime concern. I'm like, what would I eat if I was here? And I, I, I just do not know how people in the past survived living in Ireland when it was just covered in trees. I don't understand. I don't understand how our wildlife lives. But they do. Every year, the sparrow returns. The robin, there he is again. This time of year, he just pops up. Well, Jesus says it is because God provides for them. And that's the point that Jesus wants to make. And and actually, he he drives it home for us in verse 27. Do you see what he says there in verse 27? He's reminding us, isn't it, how powerless our worrying is. He says, your worrying achieves nothing. But yet, on God, on the other hand, in contrast to that, he, he has the power and the authority and the ability to care for everything. And as Jesus stands before those for whom he is about to die, he says he counts you much more valuable than anything else and will care for you infinitely more. The second illustration is very similar, isn't it? And it's found in verses 28 to 30, and it involves the flowers of the fields. And it gives us this great picture of of the lilies growing in the field, comparing them to Solomon, the the great king. See what he says about them? Why do you worry about clothes, he says, verse 28. Look at the flowers of the field. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, they're not even Solomon. In all his splendor was dressed like one of these. He says, and if that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? You know, to understand this, I don't think we need to look much further than our gardens, do we? I don't know about yours, but my garden is currently covered with leaves. And although they're, they're a beautiful color, the fact is that they're dead and decaying. And not only do they serve as a reminder of the former glory that my plants and flowers bestowed upon my garden over the last five months, they're a reminder that God is behind it all. God is the one who is in charge of seasons. 
He is the one who bestows splendor upon them. And Jesus, as he says here in these verses, he reminds his people of that because he wants to know that being a member of my kingdom, those who are Christians can be assured that because of him, because of Jesus Christ, we can call this God Father. And we can trust his control in all our circumstances and trust his ability to provide all that we need. You see what Jesus is saying here in this part of the Sermon on the Mount? He is drawing a distinction between the world, what it means to live in the world, and what it means to be a member of his kingdom. He says, worry is a worldly thing. It's where you, you, you trust in yourself. It's where, it's where you, 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 you worry because you're losing control. But Jesus looks at his people and says, remember what it means to be a member of my kingdom. See what I have won for you. You know the one who controls all things. You can call him Heavenly Father. And you can trust in him to care for you and to provide all your need. You see, that is why we are not to worry. But now we need to see how we are not to worry. It's our, our second point. You'll see there in the screen that, that, God, that God's people uh, do not need to worry because they have all they need in Christ. And, um, sorry, so that's what we're going to see, but this is the way I've kind of tried to distinguish it from our first point. So in our first point, we see that, that God's people... You know, our first point is all about a lack of trust there, um, as this point is all about misplaced value. And hopefully um, we'll see this, or we will see this from our passage. And, but I want us to see, um, I want us to think again of how this fits into the context of what Jesus is saying in this section. If you are here last week, you would have heard Alistair teaching the, the previous verses, and you can have a look down there at verses 19 and, and 24 and remind yourselves of what Jesus said. You'll, you'll see there, he was telling his disciples not to store up treasures on earth. But actually, if you look at our passage, verse 25, the very first word, you'll see that it begins with this word, therefore, doesn't it? Therefore, he says. And so Jesus is continuing this theme. And so in order to understand how Jesus continues this theme of do not store up treasures on earth with worry, we need to see what he has to say in verse 25. So let's have a read at verse 25 again. You see what he says? Therefore, I tell you, with all of this in mind, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? and the body more important than clothes. Have a look at this verse and and see what Jesus says about value. Have a look at it and see what he says about value. Where does he say we are placing value? Do you see? Jesus says to the members of his kingdoms, he says, you shouldn't worry because your lives are more valuable or more important than what you eat. And that your bodies are more important or more valuable than what you wear. What's Jesus saying in this verse? He's saying what we have is much more valuable than what we don't have. And again, we know this about worry, don't we? We worry about what we don't have. Ask yourself this, okay? Have you ever, whenever you have been in good health, 
worried about your health? Have you ever, whenever you've got enough money in the bank account, worried about needing more money or more things? No. Very few of us do, if any of us. And that is because we worry about things we don't have. It's important to note, and I need you to know this, that that Jesus is mentioning food and clothes in these verses. And that's because to his original audience, those were immensely important. They they they, they, They were basically elements of survival to these people. And the reason I highlight this is because I want you to know that Jesus is not trivializing your worry this morning. He, he thinks your worry is incredibly important. He says the thing that you're worrying about, he says, I'm not trivializing it. But I want you to know what he wants you to know even more, which is that we can combat worry by focusing on what we do have and seeing that it is much more valuable than even the most important things like your life, like your health, like your money. And what do we have as, as members of Jesus' kingdom? If you're a Christian here this morning, what do you have? Well, you're a member of Jesus' kingdom. That's what we have. We have a relationship with the, our heavenly Father, the creator of the earth, the one who is holy, holy, holy. And we're filled with the Holy Spirit, aren't we? And Jesus wants us to recognize that. And that's actually what he's getting at in verse 33. Have a look at verse 33. See what he commands us to do. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. See, Jesus says to his people, you have these things. You have the kingdom of Jesus. You're members. You have the righteousness of Christ. He has won it for you. It has been bestowed upon you. He says, these are the things that are the most valuable in the whole universe. And he says, seek them. Pursue them. Make them your life's ambition. And he says to his disciples, whenever you do that, whenever you refocus your life on what is valuable, everything else will fall into place. I hope you see how this applies to our worry. Think about that project and work that's about to be finished. And know that because you're a member of Jesus' kingdom, you don't need to worry about how successful it's going to be. If you're here this morning and you're worried about a lack of finance or a a lack of relationships or or a lack of status or prestige, if you're a member of Jesus' kingdom, you don't need to worry about these things. They're worldly ambitions. Don't pursue them, he says. For what you have, what you've been given by Jesus Christ is so much more valuable. Pursue it. There's one more final application I want to give this morning. It's something that's been in my heart for some time and it's it's something I think this passage is addressing through his word. And it's to do with value and it's something I think in our culture, particularly maybe even in our congregation, we value so much. I think we value our our physical appearance. I think I've heard some of us talk about how we don't want to appear or look old. I've seen some of you change your clothes between morning and evening services. I'm very aware of how much we talk about what people wear or what we wear or how we look. 
I want to be careful here because I don't want to discourage any of you from dressing appropriately or from encouraging one another or, or, or from being uncomfortable, particularly in worship. And you may even look at me and, and think, well, maybe you dress up. This is, you know, maybe I'm being hypocritical here. But I want you to, to know that, I, that I, I dress this way because of, of, of worship. It's not a rule enforced on me by Al. It's not a rule that I wouldn't enforce on anyone else. But I think this question asks us, is the attention we give to our physical appearance a symptom of our worry? And if it is, I invite you to hear Jesus' words. Do you hear what he says? I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, Jesus says. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, are you not much more valuable than they? You see, Jesus gives a solution to our worry. Worry, it just... It just infiltrates every aspect of our lives. It's unavoidable. It's, it's something we all have. It's something we all do. And Jesus says, I have a solution. It's not listening to Bobby McFerrin's records. It's not positive thinking. It's not a vain pursuit of worldly things. It's not empty words. It's a call to remember what we have and to live for it. I want to finish by saying that I recognize that this is, <laughs> this is all easier said than done, and I'm very aware of that, standing up here and telling you not to worry, or presenting Jesus' word not to worry, because I, like I said, I didn't want to trivialize the sin that we, we, we are burdened with. I don't want to trivialize our, our, or, or trivialize our, our, our burdens or our anxieties. And you'll know, some of you will know that I'm going through a particularly anxious uh, time in my life. I'm trying to find a job elsewhere, trying to find a church that will have me, You'll know that it's a particularly anxious time in my life. So I know what it's like to wake in the middle of the night and, and to be thinking about these things. I was actually in the kitchen the other day. I was lamenting to Melanie that my hair was falling out. And, uh, I don't, and she said, don't worry about your hair. Don't get, get over your hair. And then after a slight pause, she, she laughed and she said, you'll only make it worse. And uh, I said, right, thanks very much. Very sympathetic. I'm actually really worried about who's going to fill our bird feeder when we're gone. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And then I read this passage this week. And it's amazing, we worry. And we don't think we're worrying, and we tell ourselves not to worry, but we just find ourselves worrying all the time, don't we? And that's what I find really helpful about this passage. It doesn't say, boom, here's a magical solution, you're a Christian, all your worries are gone. It doesn't say that. It says, welcome to Jesus' kingdom. Welcome to a kingdom where there is a solution to the one thing that plagues everyone who's ever lived It says, see, you know God, and you can call him your heavenly father. He controls all things. Speak to him. Trust him. And it says, remember me, Jesus Christ, the one who died for your sins, so you could have more than you ever need or imagine. I started at the very beginning, didn't I, that, that, that people often give a very trite response to our worry. What, what, do, what do people say? Oh, sure, it'll be grand, you know, or what else do we say? Don't worry, it'll be all right. But I hope you see now that if you're a member of Jesus' kingdom, that you're actually the only people that can say this. 
And whenever we talk to one another about your worries, we, we, can, we can mean this. Because one day it will be all right for us. We're part of Jesus' kingdom. One day he will return and all our worries will be gone forever. And I hope you do that. I hope you encourage one another. At the, the very, I hope you encourage one another as, to, to remember these things. That's what we read at the very beginning of the service. Philippians 4, Paul, he's writing this letter to this church and he's telling them that with their help he is learning to be content. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that is what we need. That is what Jesus wants from us as a body of his people. To be sympathetic to one another's worries, to treat them seriously, but to apply the gospel, which is that as members of his kingdom, we're in a relationship with a heavenly father who looks after us, and we have a savior who has given us much more than we need. I said at the beginning that if you're not a Christian this morning, that this is an invitation for you to look upon the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I hope this morning that if you are not yet a believer, that you will see how good it is to be a part of this kingdom. If you have worries and anxieties this morning, I mean, I encourage you to speak to, to myself or any of us. We're not having tea or coffee, but feel free to hang about and chat to us. But I hope you see that our answer is really only Jesus' answer. And if you want to know or want to find a solution to your worry, then, then speak to Jesus. Submit to him. Enter his kingdom and avail of this great gospel that he is willing to give you. Don't worry. Everything will be all right. We have a heavenly father and we have a savior who has given us more than we could ever need, want, or imagine. So let's pray to him and thank him for this.